Welcome to Family History Mysteries, a podcast that tells the stories uncovered through family history research, the unexpected stories of everyday people. I'm an avid family historian who's been compiling my family tree for over 15 years, with now nearly 20,000 people collectively recorded in my trees. The following episode contains names of a deceased Aboriginal person. Episode 14, Old Man Peterson. My grandfather told me when going out to Wanganella near South Wales one day with them that we pointed over to the old cemetery and he said, Old Man Peterson's over there. He's buried over there in the corner and his marker has weathered and long gone. And Old Man Peterson is my husband's great-great-grandfather and his name is Johan Andreas Peterson. Johan Peterson was born in Maribo, Denmark on the 22nd of June 1859. His parents were Jacob Nielsen Peterson and Elsie Olsen. He was baptised on the 4th of September 1859 at Maribo, Denmark. Johan told family members that he and his older cousin sailed as crew on a British sailing ship to Australia. This cannot be verified at this point as I cannot find crew records that match on shipping lists. If they came out as crew, it was probably to avoid being conscripted into the Prussian army when he came of age, as the occupied area was forced to give up the Danish language and become German. Johan was told by police during both World War I and World War II not to leave Wanganella as he was considered to be an enemy alien. According to family stories, he jumped ship in Victoria, Port Phillip as it was then, together with his older cousin and they went to Castlemaine in Victoria. Family members said that the cousin's name was Applejack. However, this isn't a Danish surname and there isn't anything can be traced with that surname. However, Apple, A-double-P-E-L, is. There were apples recorded living at and near Castlemaine. There was a large Danish community, particularly at Campbell's Creek, that's not far from Castlemaine, and Campbell's Creek was originally known as Copenhagen. The family recalls that Johan visited his cousin at Castlemaine there at least once. I did find a Hans Johansen apple that was born in 1834 at Mollerup, Shieldsleague, Denmark, making him 25 years older than Johan. I can't find a link with Johan to any apples though on family tree sites, nor can I find a shipping record for Hans, which fits the jumped ship together scenario. A newspaper article published when he died stated that he came to the Forest Creek diggings in 1859. In 1859, this was the year that Johan was born. So taking that into account, uh, I am safe to, um, safe to discard Hans as the cousin that could have come out with him. Hans's naturalisation certificate in April 1868 stated he was a minor at Tewton, which is very close to Castlemaine. And in 1871, he's mentioned as the publican at the Five Flags Hotel at Campbell's Creek. And he died in 1911 at Campbell's Creek. So you may be wondering why I'm men mentioning Jan's, Hans Johansson Apple if I feel that he's um, somebody that's not in the mix. Well, I found a Hans Peterson Apple. And this, in fact, was Han Johansson's Apple. Han Hans Johansson Apple's nephew and he came out on the ship the British on the 23rd of November 1879 at the age of 14 and also on the list was Peter O.A. Apple age 21 
There wasn't anyone on the shipping list with the name Peterson, however. John mentioned, Johan mentioned that he had difficulty responding to an officer's order on his way out to Australia and he just answered all right as both a negative and an affirmative on the ship. This mirrors what Hans this mirrors what Hans Peterson Apple said in an article about his shipping voyage, saying he only knew how to say yes, no and all right. Johan would have been twenty if he came out on the same ship, so maybe he was referring to Peter Apple as his older cousin. Hans Peterson Apple settled in Castlemaine and Campbell's Creek. They're only six minutes apart. In 1911, he was a produce merchant in Castlemaine and was one of the main beneficiaries of his uncle's will. By 1913, he was mayor of Castlemaine and went back to Denmark for six months with his wife. When he returned, he purchased the Criterion Hotel in Rushworth in February 1914 and had this pub until 1921. He then returned to Castlemaine and died on November the, in November 1932 at North Castlemaine. And Rushworth is a town that would be an hour and a half from Deniliquin, so two hours from Wanganella. So he could quite easily have um, gone and visited Hans if that was the case. Family said that the two cousins stayed for a time in central Victoria and then Johan eventually moved further north and he settled at Wanganella in the New South Wales Riverina. Johan met and married Mary Ann Grindrod in the Hay Church of England, 1884. Johan was Lutheran and Mary Ann was Catholic. Johan listed himself as John on the marriage certificate. It was not unusual for immigrants to adjust their name to become more Australianised. And Johan was recorded as an employee at Alawa, which is a large property near Hay in southern New South Wales. So a little bit about his wife, Mary Grindrod. Mary Ann, Grid, Grid, Mary Ann Gridrod, Mary Ann Gridrod was born in Yambuck, Victoria, in the Western District, on the seventh of February, eighteen sixty. She was the daughter of James Gridrod and Bridget Grealish. Mary's father, James, was born on the twenty third of December, eighteen thirty seven, at Manchester, Lancashire, England. He immigrated to Australia on the eighteenth of April, eighteen fifty four, on the Sea Eagle to Melbourne. His future wife, Bridget Grealish was born in Elthamry, County Galway, Ireland in 1838 and departed Liverpool, England on the ship Annie Wilson that arrived in Victoria on the 10th of January 1859. On her shipping list she was a 21-year-old housemaid, she could neither read nor write and she was contracted to Joseph Lewis at Yambug, Victoria for three months. Quite often, particularly young Irish women, they, in order to have their passage paid for out here, they would be contracted to a person um, for a certain amount of time to basically pay the passage off. They married on the 26th of April, 1859, only four months after Bridget's arrival in Port Ferry, Victoria, and that was known as Belfast at the time. In their first 10 years of marriage, they had five children. They were born in order at Yambuck, Victoria, in the Western District, then Pat then Panola, South Australia, Coleraine, Victoria and Edenhope, Victoria and Coleraine, Edenhope and Panola are all one hour from each other. He is recorded as a fencer and a splitter which would explain the different locations of the births of their children. Bridget gives birth to her son John on the 2nd of May 1870 at Edenhope. 
by June 1870, a warrant is out for wife desertion. And then another warrant is out on April 1872. And it's recorded that James left Bridget at Eden Hope in December 1871. And I'll read you that um, the Government Gazette uh, report on the 8th of April 1872. James Grindrod is charged on warrant with deserting his wife at Eden Hope about five months ago. Description. English, 38 years of age, 5 foot 5, stout build, 10 stone, dark sallow complexion, black hair, beard and whiskers, high cheekbones, Roman nose, large mouth, lump on the back of the head and a slovenly appearance, a drunkard. A fencer and splitter, last heard of in January last at Rokewood. This offender was arrested on a similar charge in June 1870. Bridget gives birth to her daughter Sarah on the 24th of April 1872, hence I'm assuming the necessity to find James. James disappears completely at this point. Family stories say that there's a possibility that he returned to England. On the 22nd of April 1872, Bridget, Alan and James, children's number two, three and four, have, and it's now a family of six children, are taken in as wards of the state. Their records state that the father had deserted the family and the mother was destitute. Bridget, who is the second child, was 10 years old and committed for four years. Ellen was nine years old and was committed for three years. And James was five years old and also committed for five years. Bridget must have kept Mary, the oldest child, who was 12 at the time, and her two youngest children, John and Sarah, as they were both under two. By the 24th of March 1873, the youngest two children are committed for seven years, and Sarah, the youngest, dies at one year, two days old, in Melbourne, only one month after being placed into care. On the 9th of December 1873, an order is made for the maintenance of the children in industrial and reforming schools. The information says that Bridget, had placed her children, Bridget, Ellen, James and John, into care with Mrs Lever's dining rooms in High Street, St Kilda, and she was summoned to the St Kilda court to explain why she was not contributing to the maintenance of her four children in an industrial school, and she was lectured on her responsibilities as a parent. The Police Gazette in May 1875 reported her as owing the State Treasury money for the maintenance of her children, it does state that her oldest child, Mary, is working to contribute, earning 15 shillings per week. But Bridget does not seem to pay what is owed, and she still features in another gazette in 1879, still not paying what's owed. Meanwhile, Bridget marries Thomas Stallworthy in Hay, New South Wales. Thomas was 13 years older than Bridget. He was the publican of the Urana Hotel in 1860, so had been around the area for a while. How he would have met Bridget is unknown. One year after their marriage, they're recorded at living at Double Hut at Barubin near Hay. Bridget has two children to Thomas, John in 1878 and Eliza in 1880. It seems that Bridget did not release her children from care once she married Thomas. However, it seems that Mary, the oldest, quite possibly went with her mother to Hay. Uh, it also seems that it's quite possible that Thomas under the arrangement with the marriage said that I don't want to have to bring up your children 
and Bridget had no choice but to keep her children in care if she was going to get herself out of destitution herself by marrying Thomas. Ellen, her third child, does marry in Hay in 1880, so once she's released from care it seems that she has gone up to Hay to her mother. By 1903, Bridget and Thomas have moved to Melbourne and Bridget is recorded in the census as living with her son John in Richmond and she dies at the age of 70 in 1908. So with Bridget and James's children, Mary's siblings, what became of them? Well, Bridget Catherine Grindrod, who's two years younger than the eldest Mary, she was born at Yambuck, Victoria on the 13th of February 1862 as you know, she was initially committed into care for four years at the age of 10. She was then recommitted for a further two years at the age of 14 to work for Mr Carr, an upholsterer in Windsor, Victoria, and Mr Watch, who had Carlsruhe Post Office and Windsor Post Office. Bridget went on to have four children, all with the surname Grinrod and father unknown recorded from 1882 to 1890. Bridget went on to marry Robert Taylor in Fitzroy on the 11th of March 1897. I'm not 100% sure if these children are Roberts, but if they were, I was wondering why all of their children were born before they married. I then discovered that Robert Taylor was actually married to Margaret George. Margaret died in 1891. So I'm assuming that until... He had children with Margaret, by the way, so I'm assuming that... Um, he decided not to legalise the marriage with Bridget until well after time had passed in order to not raise any suspicion. Robert was 28 years older than Bridget. He was 63 at the time of the marriage. She was 35. Robert had immigrated from Ireland. Bridget died at Burnley, Victoria in 1917, age 55. The third child to James and Bridget Grinrod was Ellen Mary. She was born in 1864 at Panola, South Australia. She was nine when she was committed as a state ward for three years. She was then recommitted in 1878 for another two years and reached 15 years old when her state care ceased in April 1880. Ellen married Thomas Galvin in Hay, New South Wales at the age of just 16 in November 1880. So she must have gone straight to Hay to her mother once her state care ceased. Thomas was 24 years older than Ellen, so he was 40 years old when they married. And she was... Oh. So he was 40 years old when they married. She was 16. They lived at Baruba near Hay and had nine children. In 1900, when their youngest child was two, Thomas deserted Ellen and never returned to the family. I found a Police Gazette article relating to Thomas Galvin on the 21st of February 1870. The evidence of Thomas Galvin is required in the prosecution of James Lever of James Lever for larceny from a dwelling. Galvin is a North of Ireland man aged 30 or 35, 5 foot 8 inches high, slender build, short light brown hair, sore eyes, wore light canvas trousers, check cotton shirt and drab wide awake. He left Kitan about the 8th instant, stating that he was going up to the country, but he's likely to go into some hospital to have his eyes attended to. There are family stories. 
Peninsula on the 25th of August 1915, aged 22. Bridget died in Narendra, New South Wales in 1921, aged 56. James Grindrod was born in Coleraine, Victoria in 1867. He was committed to care at the age of five for three years. He was sent to the Sunbury School for Boys and then placed into foster care. He went to six foster places in three years. I lost track of his record, records after that. <clears throat> he is not mentioned in his half-sister's death notice with the other siblings, so I am presuming that he passed away young. His younger brother John Grindrod, known as Jack, was born in 1870 in Eden Hope, Victoria. At the age of two, he was committed into state care for seven years. He was then recommitted for another six years. He enlisted in World War I on the 2nd of November 1915 in Ballarat, stating his sister Mary at Wanganella, New South Wales, as his next of kin. He married Phyllis Gertrude Smith, an Aboriginal woman, 27 years his junior, in 1921 when he was 51 years old. They had two daughters, one was born at North Yanko Station near Deniliquin and one in Narendra, New South Wales. The family story is that John's family disowned him after marrying Phyllis. Phyllis Gertrude Smith, known as Gertie, was born in 1897 at the Warren Aboriginal Mission, three miles from Darlington Point in New South Wales on the Murrumbidgee River. The Warren Mission was established by Reverend J.B. Gribble in 1880 as a refuge for Aboriginal people. The mission was originally called the Camp of Mercy. By 1897, the mission was governed by the Aboriginal Protection Board. Gertie's parents were James Joseph Smith and Agnes Isabella Howe. James was born at the Lachlan River in 1863 and Agnes was born in 1866. They married on the 20th of March 1890. Agnes had a child, John Lawrence Keegan, in 1886 prior to her marriage to James. However, John did take on the Smith name. Gertie had six other siblings, two of those stillborn. A bonus episode will be made covering Phyllis's mother Agnes and her sister Lena, who featured in the Archie Murphy episode. John was recorded as living in Fitzroy in 1937, where he lived until his death in 1956, aged 86. Mary's half-siblings were John Stallworthy and Eliza Stallworthy. John Thomas Stallworthy was born in 1878 in Hay, only six years after Bridget had her youngest child to James, who was Sarah. This was also in the time that her other children, other than Mary, were in state care. He was a tailor and is recorded as living with his mother in Richmond in 1903, aged 25. Around the time that his mother died, he went to move to Ballarat. He's in the 1908 census in Ballarat under Thomas. And then he was committed to the Yarra Bend Hospital of the Insane in August 1913 after being taken to court in Ballarat, deemed to be insane and not under proper care and control. His records state that he was admitted with a condition known as general paralysis of the insane. This term was used for a range of symptoms, but there was also a link to those who had contracted syphilis. John died at the asylum on the 23rd of May 1919, aged only 41. His sister Eliza was born in Hay in 1880 when Bridget was 42. She was known as Liza. She married Henry Watts in Carlton, Victoria in 1900. 
Henry was a woodcarter and they lived in Preston. They had seven children. Eliza died on the 7th of September 1942, aged 62. In her death notice it says, Dearly loved sister of Mary, Jack, Bridget, Ellen, Tom and Alice. This indicates that the siblings at least kept in touch as adults. However, I am perplexed by Alice. Alice is not recorded. There's no Alice Grindrod or an Alice Stallworthy. Alice Galvin recorded in records in New South Wales or Victoria. So that is a, a little mystery I will need to continue to try and solve. So back to Johan Peterson and Mary and Grindrod. So John and Mary settled in Wanganella after they married and he built them a home on the opposite bank to Pepin Station on the Billabong Creek. He was working at a property at Boabula in 1890 and as a station hand at another nearby property known as Zara in 1891. And there's an article online that recalls that Flo White recalled that he enjoyed a walk smoking his cigar down the long driveway and back in the evening after his dinner. He rarely drank but on a hot day would go to the local pub and, and in his thick accent say Just von beer yuck or yon or whoever was behind the bar. She also recalled that Johan kept a variety of animals and crops. His granddaughter, Dossie Peterson, or Dossie Hall, her married name, clearly recalls grapevines, and perhaps this points to his former life as the son of a farmer, as he kept and slaughtered pigs, making blood sausages, as well as bacon and cured ham. Johan was used to having his orders obeyed, and was strong-willed, and he once told the grandchildren not to pick the oranges until after the third frost. This was a th difficult thing to do, and they snuck some when they thought he'd gone to bed. He came out as he'd forgotten his hot water bottle, and he'd caught them red-handed. Although they were terror-stricken, he said nothing and went back to bed. Johan passed away on the 24th of July 1941, aged 82, and was interred beside his wife Mary who had died of influenza in 1919 at the age of 59. They were both buried in the Wanganella Cemetery. Mary is under a peppercorn tree. Johan was the last recorded burial at Wanganella Cemetery. According to his grandchild Flo White, he was in constant pain and was given a high dose of morphine in order to end his agony. Unfortunately, the dosage was not enough and he eventually died of natural causes and was in great pain. His granddaughter Dossie remembers seeing the light on in his room as she was employed across the river working at the station house and was told of his passing when she returned home that morning. And I'll just read you the death notices for both Mary and Johan. So Friday the 22nd of August 1919. Quite a gloom was cast over the little township of Wanganella on Wednesday morning with the death of Mrs Mary Peterson becoming known the cause of death being complications followed upon an attack of influenza. The deceased, who was 59 years of age, was the wife of Mr. John Peterson. She had resided at Wanganella for about 30 years. She was of a gentle and genial nature, and Mrs. Peterson made innumerable friends, both in the town and the district, and her untimely death will be deplored. She leaves a family of four sons and three daughters, to whom and her bereaved husband, we extended our deepest sympathy. It was only recently that her second son, Willie, returned from the war. 
The funeral took place yesterday afternoon, the remains being interred in the Roman Catholic portion of the Wanganella Cemetery. The cortege was a lengthy one. And I found an article recording the death of Johan in the Daniloquin Independent newspaper in 1941. A very old and highly esteemed resident of Wanganella, Mr Johan Peterson, died on Thursday morning in his 84th year. Mr Peterson had lived in Wanganella for over 50 years. He was a reliable and competent station hand and was employed for many years on Zara during the ownership of the late Mr William Officer and Boabula under the management of the late Mr J.H. Blackwood and later when Mr J.A. Wallace acquired the station. The deceased's wife died about 25 years ago. He is survived by his five sons and three daughters, John James Wanganella, William Melbourne, Thomas in the AIF, Reginald Hay, Mrs Biggs Hay, Mrs T.G. Smith Wanganella and Mrs J. Thornberber-Rubin. The sincere sympathy of relatives and friends is extended to the bereaved family. The funeral took place at Wanganella. So as the death notices indicate, John and Mary had eight children. Eleanor Annie Peterson, known as Lena, was born in 1884 in Wanganella. She married North Robert Seabrook Big in Dinaliquin in 1906. They lived in Hay all their lives and Eleanor lived until the advanced age of 99 years and died in Hay in 1983. They had seven children. Mary Ellen Peterson, known as Sis, was born in 1886 in Hay. She married Theodore George Smith in Deniliquin in 1903. They're listed in the 1913 Deniliquin census as living in Victoria Street, Theodore being a labourer. By 1930 they were living in Wanganella and were recorded still living there in 1954. Mary died in Victoria at the age of 88 in 1974. They had three children. John Hubert Peterson, known as Jack, was born in 1889 in Deniliquin. He married Jane Thornber, known as Janie, in Victoria in 1920. John and Jean lived in Wanganella from their marriage until around 1943. In the 1949 census, John and Jean are living in Deniliquin and John's occupation was listed as a carpenter. They had two children. William James Peterson, known as Willie, was born in 1891 at Wanganella. He married Gladys Dean in Victoria in 1912. He was an apprentice carpenter in Melbourne before enlisting in World War I on the 31st of July 1917. He was initially enlisted as a cook and then was transferred into the Ambulance Corps. He served in France. The family recall that in both World Wars, Johan was regarded as an enemy alien and he had to report fortnightly to the police. This might explain why William was placed in an ambulance unit rather than a regular army unit. He was gassed in the trenches at the Somme as he recovered the bodies of fellow Australians. He was discharged from the military in 1919. He enlisted in World War II in October 1939 and was discharged in January 1940, deemed unfit for service. He resided in Melbourne in 1941. William died at St Kilda in 1968 at the age of 76 and Willie and Gladys had two children. Stella Frances Peterson was born in 1894 in Deniliquin. She married Martin Thornber, Jean's brother, in 1923 in Deniliquin. So that meant that a brother and a sister from the Peterson family married a sister and a brother from the Thornber family. Martin and Stella were the licensees of the Wanganella Hotel and Wanganella Store in 1930. By 1932, he was in the Deniliquin census as being a hotel keeper. 
Martin and Stella moved to Pimpano in Victoria in 1936 when they purchased a pub for a short time and then they became the licensees of the Royal Mail Hotel at Berubin and ran the Berubin Post Office from 1937. His licensee sign is still up in the Berubin pub today. Stella became the licensee of the Royal Mail Hotel after Martin's death in 1959 and she was still in that role at the advanced age of 83. She was known to the locals as Art. They had no children and Stella passed away in Dinaliquin in 1981, aged 87. Thomas Henry Peterson was born at Wanganella in 1898. He married Grace McPherson in Bendigo in 1924. He was a policeman and they lived at Middle Park, Cavendish, Natamuck, Yarra Junction, Geelong and he was also stationed at Russell Street in Melbourne. He enlisted in World War II in 1940, stating that he was an ex-police constable that was residing in Bendigo. He was discharged in 1942 due to being medically unfit. He was in the mobile traffic branch of the police at Chelsea, Victoria in 1953, but in 1967 he was living at Noble Park working as a factory hand. He died at the Hodelberg Repatriation Hospital in 1967, aged 68. They had one child, Noel. James Newton Peterson was born in 1900 at Wanganella. He was known as Dode. He married Alice Beryl Simpson in Dinaliquin in 1925. He was a mail contractor and a farmhand at Wanganella, living at Pine Lodge. James died in Dinaliquin in 1981, aged 80 years. They had eight children and he is my husband's great-grandfather. Reginald George Peterson was born in 1905 in Dinaliquin. He married Ida Ashcroft in Hay in 1928. They lived in Hay all their lives. Reginald was a general car salesman and owned a truck company with his son, his only child, George. And Reginald died in 1988, aged 83. I hope you enjoyed my story on Old Man Peterson. If you are interested in sharing your story on my podcast, Family History Mysteries, please go to my Facebook page and send me a message. If you would like some assistance in filling in the gaps in your family tree to see what mysteries you solve, please get in touch. And don't forget you can have early access to episodes by subscribing and you'll also gain access to bonus episodes. And I'm also remember doing a bonus episode on Phyllis Smith's family, in particular her mother Agnes and her sister Lena who feature in the Archie Murphy episode gives an insight into the Warren Gesta Aboriginal mission and how these ladies are connected in their stories. Yeah.